Guys, thank you for listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Hopefully, by this time, you've listened to Part 1 of Episode 1. And now we're going to listen to Part 2 of Episode 1. So please enjoy, and uh, we'll hope you'll stay with us to the end of the pod. It's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can. That really goal is enough for three points. Manchester City is still alive here. And that's one of the reasons I think that um, Aaron Muric had to go on loan because he was occupying a foreign spot in the squad. He um, he's not quite he's not he won't be club trained until next season. So um, Colin, how old, can it, I just can I just ask how old Aaron Muric is? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but I did check, and I think he's 22 this season. Up there, or next season, 21 or 22, and he's got to have been with us three years. And Google says he was born on November the seventh, 1998. He's only 20. But he is under twenty. He is a hundred ninety. Sorry, I'm thinking of Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, Zinchenko, so he qualifies. Yeah, Zinchenko just missed being club trained yeah. by about twenty days. I think his birthday is December the December the fifteenth. If his birthday had been in January, if you if you you know if he'd been a couple of weeks later or you know fifteen days later, he'd he'd now have qualified as club trained. So he's now forever a foreign player. But um, obviously. The, the one spot we're all still a bit worried about because Mendy's still not fit. He's still undergoing remedial treatment, apparently, for something. Um, surprise, surprise. What is it about left backs whose names surnames begin with M? I mean, it's like Danny Mills all over again, isn't it? Um, so, so a left back's obviously a bit of a question mark spot. And um, obviously, we know Zinchenko can fill in there. But as Ray alluded to earlier about Angelino, defensively, it's not the defensive side is not this strong. We've got Danilo who can fill in there, but um, doesn't seem to be trusted. Uh, Angelino, I think, again, as we said earlier, has got a little bit of catching up to do before we can perhaps trust him with the, the left-back spot. So that's still a bit of a weak area. We've obviously got only got three main centre-halves, Otamendi, Laporte and, and Stones. And Stones Stones seems to be... Well, let's hope Stones you know, is back in the centre-back spot um, this season because I think we, we all saw that the partnership has been Stones and Laporte for the future. Um, company, obviously, is a loss. We've not particularly replaced him but Fernandinho and Danilo can also fill in there uh, and of course we've got Howard Bellis mm-hmm. whether he's ready for the step up um, uh, Garcia probably is I think um, you know for me our, our first our first choice centre-back pairing is Stones and Laporte but I think uh, from what I saw of Garcia uh, I, and I saw him in the Youth Cup final he looked a class above most of those uh, or the, the 10 other players in, in the blue shirt or the 9 other outfield players and very, the, great very news is, the great news is we're not going to get Harry Maguire because United are going to pay about a billion for him and, you know it's just making a mockery of their transfer you know, window uh, one, this time one day, one day they're going to catch on aren't they that you know that us showing interest in a player is not necessarily us wanting a player uh, there could have been a sneaky trick you know, there by, by is it Sanchez Fred and um, now Maguire although he's still not done yet the deal is it I've not really seen it's not it's, done it's not look but let's be honest Colin if, if Leicester let him go for 60 million quid he couldn't well be a city player. Well, it's just yeah. it's a, apparently.
currently 60 million plus 20 million of very gettable add-ons total value of 80 million uh, and apparently this is happening um, um I, i've got that on very very good authority that that's that's only a matter of days away um city are not going for him and um for me that's a good thing because he's too easily beaten on the turn he's too easily beaten for pace uh, as much as he has those um classic sort of traditional um skills of, of rugged you know aerial ability and, and and he can pass the ball a bit but i i've never seen him ray as a city player i don't know i mean i think in the past was it in the that um amazon prime video um all or nothing you know i think prep criticized him so you know to suddenly be maybe he was the best um homegrown center back out there that pep could find uh, because obviously the homegrown was an important uh, part of the equation yeah guys will remember uh, pep was advising kdb uh, on um uh, uh mcguire because he was sure that he could be done for pace it would seem to be a big shift to then sign yeah. him for city wouldn't it yeah um but as i said you never know if if, is it, if there's no one better out there but i think on one hand i'm glad that you know we're, we're walking away when the money's getting silly or we believe it's um the money's wrong um and honestly i i, I did a video a few weeks ago and i said vincent company brilliant player that he is and captain and leader didn't play that many games for city last season okay he out of the four centre-backs he played the fewest games and you know if we give a few of his games to Otamendi and a few I think Laporte played 41 out of 61 uh, Stonesy played 39 out of 61 um, Otamendi I think played 28 and company 27 or it might be 27 and 26 so this room there for, for those three players to pick up some slack and I think if we supplement them with Fernandinho when needed uh, Eric Garcia will play a lot of the cups I feel and if we need him Taylor Howard Bellis even Danilo or Walker or whatever in the odd game if we're desperate so it might just be that we're happy to, to go through this season with, with what we've got um, you've got to remember you know company didn't play as I said that many games last season and we still walked away with 98 points but uh, Colin one name that's never really been linked to us and I'm, I'm a bit confused about it Toby Alderweireld available at 25 million uh, on a release clause now you know if you're looking for someone uh, given what Ray said about Vincent not playing that many games that would be a fairly straightforward option that, that guy is a top class defender and he may only have two or three years left in him but you know he did it doesn't have the injury record that Vinny did but he's never been linked to us he's never been linked well, with anybody well, actually to, to be fair he's no Johnny Evans is he <laughs> um, yeah it is a strange one actually and, and uh, he doesn't seem to have been linked to anyone um, I think has he got another season left in his contract or I, I thought his contract was was, was up was, this, this summer was up but yeah, this may be I don't know there, there was talk I think a little bit of talk about going to Italy but maybe this is a power play for him, him, him and his agent but um, as far as I'm aware Mike sorry as far as I'm aware that Spurs could um, what could they do give the, they could um, go for the, take up the option of the contract extension for a year unless someone bids 25 million I think that's the release clause that's right yeah yeah the release okay, clause yeah. is 25 million so I mean yeah, I agreed I agreed when you mentioned this to me a few weeks ago Mike that I think it's a very good option he's got was it five years in the Premier League decent level he played I think something ridiculous like 50 games last season he played plenty of games last season I think the season before he had some injury issues he plenty of games for Spurs last season at a, a decent level all the way through and I don't you know you might argue that okay he's he's too old for what we really want but we still will bring the odd almost you know finished player look we've got Mahrez at 20 was it 27 when we got Mahrez we still get the odd player and I think 
Alderweireld can do with a job for seasons. He's only just 30. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, checking. I'm sure he's younger than Otamendi. I'm just checking. Yeah, he's definitely 30. He's definitely, I think Otamendi might be 31. I mean... Uh, Otamendi's 31. Yeah, Otamendi's a year older than yeah. uh, I mean, Alderweireld. One of the issues could be we don't want two 30-year-old defenders. But I don't see that as a big deal. If you, uh, you know, you're getting someone to come in to say and tell them you're going to play about 25 to 30 games. Are you happy? If he's happy with that, he's, he's a good chance. But, but it goes back to the, the, the problem that if he comes in, someone's got to go. So if yeah. he comes in, Otamendi say, but Otamendi apparently wants to go back to Valencia. So I don't, um, I don't, I think that's, I think it's, I don't know. Um, it, I think everybody who's around for pre-season, I'm hopeful that they're going to stay. So Danilo, Sane, that they're, they're out there in China. I'm hopeful they're going to stay. Otamendi, <sighs> If we had to lose someone, I'd lose Bravo. I said this before, I'd lose Bravo. Um, you know, um, and that would free put an, um, a slot there. But then the problem is, who do you have as your number two goalie? That's yeah, homegrown. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all gone uh, quiet on Azier Riesco. We were informed was going to be the uh, the third keeper, and that's that's gone dead completely. Cance- well, Cancelo has gone dead as well. well that well, that, that rumour too. But the thing with Riesco, I remember at the time, and I'm, I'm not just doing this to have a pop, but people were putting out, uh, you know, Stories and videos and and, and and whatever about Riesco coming to City and it was it was as if it was a done deal and it's like hang on guys if Mourinho is going out on loan we knew that ages ago but if Bravo stays we haven't got the space for this Riesco at 35 and I used to question it so why would we be getting a 35 year old goalkeeper as third choice that just shows you how journalists work because second he, choice he had worked uh, Riesco had worked uh, closely with Manchisador the the, yeah, the goalkeeping coach and I think well, that was well, the, the only problems. link there well look at the problems if Bravo was staying got 17 already we need to ditch somebody if Bravo went I can say I agree I don't think it's in any, in any way the right idea to have two old keepers at 35 and 36 or 37 as your second and third choice it should be an exper- an experienced keeper as your second choice which is what we had last season with Bravo start of season and the only reason Murich ended up as a ended up uh, as a second choice keeper as a backup keeper was because Bravo got injured after the community shield um, in training um, so if we can't keep Bravo why are we keeping an old player as a third choice keeper I I don't see the point. If you're that desperate, I'd just say to Richard Wright, you done, you've been our third choice keeper. You yeah, know? I was going to say it's that. Not, it's <laughs> not that long since he's retired. He was, what, two or three years? It's, it's not that long. And so for me, it's going to be a, a kid who's going to be our third choice keeper, probably. Uh, Danny Grimshaw or Zach Steffen. Well, I think not Steffen, Zach Steffen, Steffen, Steffen is, alone, he's on the loan to Fortuna uh, Dusseldorf. Yeah, but guys, let's move this forward because we can't really let this pod go without uh, mention, mentioning a few uh, notable departures uh, that uh, we have touched on already. Fabian Delph, Delfino, finally has gone. He's gone to Everton. Uh, guys, what are your, apart from a couple of worldy goals and a great performance at left-back season four last, what will be your um, memories of uh, Fabian Delph? A uh, couple of good performances on the uh, on the City website where he was sort of staring, you know, blankly into the camera while uh, Kevin De Bruyne was encouraging him to open his mouth and talk. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely deep Yorkshire accent and I and I love that thing where uh, he and uh, Kyle Walker did the uh, the whole uh, two Yorkshiremen thing almost yeah. almost riffing on the old Monty Python sketch there but um, yeah uh, are you sad to see him go Ray? Uh, 
Yes and no. It was expected. I, I, you know, I, 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 once again, I did a video, I'm um, trying to remember the video I did recently on Fabian and said, look, at left back, if Mendy's fit, we've got Mendy, Angelino and Zinchenko ahead of Del. His other option is the defensive midfielder. We've got Rodri, uh, Fernandinho and Gundogan ahead of Del. And I actually said, if, if, if Danilo stays, I'd have Danilo in, in either of those positions ahead of Del as well. So he's literally fourth or fifth choice for, for the two positions he can play. So we knew it was coming. Um, but he knows the basics of football. Oh, no, he knows I, the I, basics you, of football. You took my line. You took my line. You, 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 <laughs> you, you thief, mate. So I was going to, I was going to talk about the, the basics of football. Yeah, the basics of football. I can't even get. He's, he's got such a, a deep, a, a strong accent. I can't get anywhere near that. You talk about the basics of football. But look, he, he was quite blunt and and, and, and straightforward, and nowhere really has the graces with him. And you've got a, a dressing room full of you know bigger names than him, bigger pay packets, more skill and everything else. And he could kind of glue it together as well in a different way that, that Vincent Company could, uh, would do. I think um, Dell could do that. So it's a shame he's going. But look, 29, I said this to a lot of Everton fans who were poo-pooing the idea of Delph coming. I said, look, he's 29 years old. He's only 29. He was an integral part of us winning um, in that Centurion season. He's he's won five trophies over the last uh, the last six in the last two years. Um, his time at City has been pretty decent. Um, he's played only 89 games over those four seasons, but that's still that's, that's all right. He's had a few injury problems. He's done he well out of it. He's done well out of it. He's done very saying. well out of it. And he's an England international. <laughs> Nations League. He's a good player to have around and he's only 29 years old and he can play that position. He could look at Gareth Barry playing until his mid-late 30s. Delph could be there for another four, five, six years if he can stay fit. And I think he's going to be a good, solid player for Everton. And you do need some of those basic footballers. Water carriers. Was it, um, uh, was it Didier yeah, Deschamps? Was, yeah. Water I was, carriers. I was actually Eric Antonal said that about Bazaar. But you, you, you need some of those guys. You need some of them. So I think Delph, you know, as I said, it's mixed feelings, but it's the right move for him. He's, he's not going far away and he's not as if he's dropped plummeting and, you know, going to turn, uh, turn up at someone like Sheffield United. He's going to a solid top 10 um, club that could, you know, win a trophy. And I think if, in his time at Everton, if they win a trophy, uh, job done. I've got a question for Colin here. Let's talk a little bit about Vincent, who seems to be recreating Man City of about 10 years ago over there at Anderlecht. <laughs> he's brought in Craig Bellamy. Got, uh, he's got my man, Samir Nasri over there. Um, and I think he all, didn't he also sign Philip Sandler on loan? Yeah, uh, just yeah, recently. Sam, Sam and Dave as well on the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, guys, one question I have for you. There was a lot of uh, Twitter talk about, and I saw this on my timeline. Haven't actually watched any of them yet about Vinny's ino- emotional farewell speech, and I was kind of confused because I thought, didn't he already do that at the parade? Is there a, is there a new uh, Vincent Company farewell speech that I've missed somewhere? Yeah, this yes. is the one after the cup final, FA Cup final. Right. When, when he told them, when he told the players that would be his last, that was his last game. This one where he where, where Ray where he was talking about you've got to win the Champions League. This is the thing yes. you've got to do. Is that a new yeah. one? Is that a new one or is that the that's one after? The, it's no, the one, that's, that's, one, Colin. It's it's the one they filmed uh, in the dressing room at Wembley after the FA Cup final, I think. Um, so it's a new one as far as we're concerned. Yeah, yeah. It's part of uh, if I remember correctly, Colin. It's part of this new it's, City Four TV yeah. app uh, that they've got out. Um, that people, you know, as I said, people are a little bit unhappy uh, because they can't they can't see this. They want it. They, they've, you know, the, the two minutes or one minute forty-two seconds of his speech is there. Uh, for, you know, as a as a as a preview for what's going to be on on the, on that channel. But I think there's four four episodes, so you know, people are unhappy that they can't see them. Some people have seen one, but they can't see the others. I think someone said they, they've seen three, but they can't. See, and now they, they can't go back and rewatch them. Uh, I, I don't really know what's going on, but it's there. If you want, 
if you go onto the Man City website, um, it's there as a preview. Uh, and, you know, Vincent chalks up. Um, he is, you know, holding back the tears, struggling at times. And I think some City fans said, you know, it brought them to tears. Uh, you know, he's, he's been such an integral part of the club for 11 years. And, and I'm sure he's, um, he'll be back in, in, in a few years' time. Well, guys, I hope you saw my uh, tribute, which I stuck up on, on, on Twitter with my new No Vinny, No Don't Shoot t-shirt. <laughs> Which, is, which yeah. is done by the the fantastic Don Grant, and uh, you can uh, you can get that. That's ha- that's actually how Sungazer joined BFTB. She saw the T-shirt and she thought, "Who is that handsome chap with that T-shirt?" And then she got in touch with Don. <laughs> she got in touch with Don, and uh, she's ordered one of those as well. I recommend that, guys. That that T-shirt is going to be priceless in a few years from now. But uh, one more thing we have to say, of course, we learned that this is David Silva's final season. He's going to probably go back to Gran Canaria. Uh, uh, and I'm just seeing him tonight, guys, or rather this afternoon, is scoring that goal. It just makes us um, very emotional about what we're going to miss when, when he when he moves off into the sunshine, uh, Ray. It's, it gives you a bit of a lump in your throat, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to twist it around. A lot of fans that I talk to on the live streams and who comments on the videos and, and on Twitter, after today, you know, they were half and half about his great work wonderful goal and everything else and half tinged with sadness and, I, and I've tried to say look I'm, for as long as I can this season I'm just going to try and enjoy what he does rather than in the back of my mind think oh no he's not going to be here after the end of the season I'm just going to try and for as long as I can to you know keep that lump out of my throat and I know probably around Christmas time going into the new year especially coming up to Easter it'll start to, to start hit, hit me harder but right now I, I, said, I said to people just enjoy his last season if you don't live anywhere near Manchester you know, try and come to one a game um, if if you can. I've already got people asking me for tickets for the last home game, uh, expecting that to be David's last home game. I, I suspect it won't be. I suspect his last home game might be two or three before the end of the season. Just depends how the season's going. Um, you know, I, I can see him uh, right at the end of the season with you know people like Bernardo, uh, Kevin, Rodri, and everybody else. Um, but just uh, yeah, just enjoy. You know, lap every se- second up of David Silva his, his final season. Don't think about the negatives. Just think about the positives and the memories. Okay, you know, when it comes to the end of the season, they might, there will be lots of tears. You know, it's it's going to happen on an annual basis. You know, Zaba uh, moving on and, you know, Joe b- before him and uh, Vinny. We're going to have David, possibly Sergio the year after and Fernandino. Sammy and Asri. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But it's going to happen. It, we've got to accept it. You know, the club goes on. We'll miss these players. But but please, try and enjoy it. Don't. don't don't be so down about it. Just enjoy David Silva's mm-hmm. final season with us. And uh, just to finish off with, guys, uh, this is something that uh, we're we're just going to uh, play out with. Having a look at our challengers for uh, next season. This is particularly where I enjoy the uh, input of Colin Savage because the the, the, the cutting sarcasm is going to come at a, <laughs> at a mile a minute. Let's just go through them very briefly, okay? So, obviously, uh, the number one uh, challenger to uh, City, uh, this this coming season is going to be Liverpool again. How do you think, uh, Colin, that they're shaping up so far? Well, they've not had to change the squad very much at all, have they? Although um, VAR may may uh, play a large part in their po- uh, points total for next season. Should reduce um, their goal tally by about 10. Well, uh, yeah, the points tally. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at it seriously, they're, they're obviously going to be the main the main um, competition again, aren't they? So they've got a good squad. They're looking at perhaps one or two people to strengthen it. Um, 
and, and and they will be a they will be a threat. It's as simple as that. I mean, us and them are the two outstanding teams in the league at the moment. Yeah, so far they've only got uh, the kid Vandenberg, a teenage uh, defender. I think they'll probably they're, they're talking about Pepe, aren't they? Uh, Nicholas Pepe, of course, everyone's after him. He's there. They're not yeah. the only one, and I think uh, they're probably looking for a backup uh, a backup left back, isn't it? Moreno has uh, moved on. Uh, yeah, Lo- uh, Lo- Lovren was talking about moving on as well. So. The greatest defender in the world. He should be the world's greatest know, defender. Yeah, top, top well, of everyone's get, list. Yeah. Well, I mean that old that old dwarf the money they got for Coutinho. Although yeah. apparently, I don't know if you saw this, Barcelona still owe them most of that money. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. And uh, they were talking about Coutinho maybe going back. I mean, it's very interesting, isn't it? At Barcelona, they're in a very very difficult position because they, they just cannot cannot. They're, they're not going to get Neymar with their recent offer of forty million plus Coutinho plus Dembele plus half the rest of their of their their sort of players that are not getting a match time it's it's they're in a very difficult position especially Ne <laughs> Neymar himself who's basically yeah. just ruled himself out of uh, of, uh, of 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 the, of the favors and graces of uh, of of PSG I mean, he's he's stuck in limbo it seems ever since Griezmann went there yeah 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 so uh, but they're not our problem of course but um yeah i think they're um you know they're, they're in for interesting times Barcelona and um you know Real Madrid not the force they were but um splashing the cash I, I think, though weren't they but, yeah yeah of course they were aren't they but but um i think with uh, with liverpool they're going to have to be looking at a serious, well, I mean, the, a serious Premier League challenge next season because that's what I, I know. We we kind of we throw these things back and forth at each other as fans. You know, we've never won the CL, they've never won the Premier League, but I, you know, I, I think they want to win the Premier League more than what more than we want to win the Champions League. It, you know, if you took a soundings among the among the fan base. Um, uh, and I think their fans would expect them to do better in the domestic cups as well, which is all uh, right. You know, they didn't maybe have the easiest draws, but but you know they, they gave up those competitions far too easily. And um, you know, a, a trip to Wembley is not to be sniffed at. Um, I mean, they're getting one for the charity community shield, but um, you know, a serious trophy-winning trip to Wembley is not to be sniffed at. So you, you do wonder if they will perhaps focus more on the Premier League this season. But surely the biggest trophies, and they keep telling us this, the biggest trophy is the Champions League. That's the biggest trophy by far it, uh, you know eclipses um, the, the domestic treble it puts that into the shade so surely Liverpool will be focusing on the Champions League again rather than the Premier League if those that's great the European nights that have the stuff of legend I think that's it <laughs> well, well you do you do wonder don't you I had this just funny enough having this discussion on Saturday night was out um, we had a King of the Kipax evening and um, we, we, someone asked the question if we'd if, if Aguero had not been offside or there hadn't been VAR and we got through to the semi-final against um, Ajax would we have still won the league and, and you know hypothetical yeah I, I'm not sure we would have done so I, I don't know well, but I mean I'd happily I'd happily you know settle for a League Cup or FA Cup every other year to, you know, to win the to win the Champions League well moving on Ray um, yeah. next on our list is the the to dare is to do team Tottenham and they've got your man in Dombele. Um, how do you think that's going to uh, improve them and, and how do you think they're shaping up? Well, I think Tongi is uh, a huge improvement on Eric Dyer. Um, you know, I, I, I don't rate Eric Dyer at all. So straight away, that's 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 good for them. It's interesting to see who they've got. Apparently nine players that they're willing to let go, including Danny Rose. Trippi has gone to Atletico. Yep. So they're letting a few players go. It'll be interesting to see who they're going to get in, if anybody. Um and you look at last season I can't remember whether it was either eight 
19 or 20 games, was it 20 games into the season, they were two points behind City, two points behind City, and they fell away. And I think they finished, was it 27 points behind in the end? Um, because they, they just kept losing so many games. To finish 27 points behind and then sc- have to scrape to get into that top four in the end, I think they fell below, was it even Chelsea finished? They fell the, below Chelsea, yeah, which, yeah, considering yeah. the state so, Chelsea was in. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's I, incredible. And of course, there's still quite a quite a bit of doubt over, you know, son of Sven Goran Eriksson, Christian Eriksson. <laughs> um, but I think he, he wants out. He does seem to want out. out, doesn't he? He wants out, but it, it'll be on Levy's terms, so that might mean he has to stay another season. Um, you know, it's one of those things, look, if he was playing at a, at a bigger club uh, in Spain or whatever, if he managed to, managed to get to someone like Real Madrid or whatever, he'd be earning at least, I think, three times what he's earning. So it's not just a financial thing. What have Spurs won? What are they likely to win? What have they they've won nothing in his time there? Um, they had the best chance in the Champions League. And if if we're being honest, can you can you really see them doing anything in any of the um, four competitions they're in next season? I can't. Well, I can't the, see them challenging for the, the, the... Those questions may also apply to number three on our list, which is uh, uh, Chelsea with Frank Lampard as the new manager. Of course, transfer ban uh, in place and uh, they're basically deciding which of their 150 uh, youngsters out on loan that they're going to bring in uh, to all the lost that squad. They've lost they've their lost best Hazard. player. That's right. They've lost Hazard. Yeah. Hudson yeah. is injured and uh, Loftus-Cheek is injured. Lampard's coming in. I think, to be honest, um, he'll get some... Uh, Lampard will obviously get some credit in the bank from what he's, he's done there. Uh, City legend. Um, I, I think they'd be happy... They should be happy to finish top four. Anything else is a bonus for me, for Chelsea. Yeah, I, for think, this season. I think with, with Lampard, um, it could be a repeat of the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer experience. But he knows the club, could, Colin. He knows the club. He knows the club, yeah. In his DNA. But, I mean, that could be... He comes in... Because Chelsea were in, in chaos, really, last season. Certainly to, from an outsider's point of view. But they still came third. Um, despite the fact that, you know, Sarri and the players and everyone else seems to be at odds and Hazard wanted out. So... I think that's, as Ray said, probably a criticism of the Spurs that they finished just below Chelsea. Um, but but Chelsea still had something to offer despite the seeming chaos. So, so maybe that Frank Lampard can bring a little bit of cohesion uh, mm. or stability to the squad. But it's a big test for him. Does he have what it takes to, to manage a team at that you know at that level? He did well at Derby, but that's a completely different proposition. And they didn't win the playoff final. And I thought they were well uh, outplayed, really. So so you know, can he step up and? You know, Bring some uh, well stability, security, a, a period of uh, a kind of harmony to that squad. I'm, sh- I'm sure he can do it in the short term. I'm sure there'll be a bounce. The question is, can he do it uh, longer term? That's why I say I think potentially uh, we could be looking at another OGS situation whereby they get a you know 12, 13 game bounce and then just sink back into mediocrity. And of course, the loss loss of Hazard and they've got a two window transfer ban as well. Unless they win their appeal, then um, you know my impact them. But I still think looking at you know looking at the the rest of the top six, um, they still should have more than Arsenal and United. Well, Arsenal are next on our list, Ray, and there's conflicting reports because we <laughs> were told that they have um, just um, a few shekels uh, jangling in a jar to use as um, as uh, transfer funds. They've got in a, uh, Martinelli, um, this uh, attacking forward, I believe, and then they they continue to be linked with uh, players here and there that seem to be beyond their price wage. I, I know they've been. Uh, making insulting offers
offers to Celtic for uh, Tierney um, yeah. at left back. But uh, that, that's that they, they they do seem to be uh, linked with uh, various other players as well that uh, would seem to be beyond their price range. How do you assess them going forward? Well, I mean, my my feeling is they haven't got they're not going to spend the money. Stan Kroenke is in a great position. Uh, I think he's he's getting uh, consistent money on a <laughs> obviously on a regular basis. Um, the fans who I think let's be honest they've they've gone down this path of buying the season tickets to such an extent that they're one of the most expensive cheapest season tickets going if you understand what I'm trying to say you know um, and the fans are not going to stop going and you've got to the stage now where the fans are less and less relevant uh, at many clubs you know we are less and less relevant in terms of the club uh, City off the top of my head we're looking at 50 to 60 million quid get, uh, you know, a match day income I think out of something in the region of nearly 500 million or 400 and odd million pounds it was uh, 50, 57 million on 500 million last well there you go yeah. it's, yeah. it's just shared over 10% call it 11% Arsenal's is a higher proportion because they've got less income overall um, and they're probably getting almost double what City are getting but it's less and less important the money that Arsenal are getting from uh, the Champions League t- or the Euro- Europa League um, TV money from playing in Europe uh, that's significant the TV deal in the in England that's significant the kit deal was uh, is it still with Puma that's significant um, the shirt sponsor, sponsorship that's significant that might be you know three quarters of their money so the the fans themselves are worth less and less um, still going so they, and they want Cronky out that's not going to happen Cronky's onto a good thing why would he give this up he's not having to put his own money in the club are apparently investing less and less they've got a lot more uh, available to invest but they're just not doing it so um, you know there's no reason for him to go he's happy where he is he's earning lots of money uh, and uh, Arsenal are, in, are stuck so yeah. he's had to say here's 50 million that's all you're getting take it or leave it you got Koscielny was it Koscielny wants to leave uh, yeah he has, has, hasn't actually returned back for training he's in a contract dispute with mm. them isn't he yeah it's a terrible situation now for, for someone who's was it your club captain who's been there for so long um, to, to want out I think he'll leave I think that's what's going to happen it's just that Arsenal want more money for him than uh, the clubs that he might go to are prepared to pay so it's just I mean they're in a mess you know they've got, they've got two big yeah. uh, two big hanging weights around their neck don't they in in, in the form of um, uh, Mkhitaryan and also the, the newly bleached bleach blonde Mesut Ozil te- uh, the, the, the salaries they're paying those guys are astronomical and they're not getting the return for them are they well if they're paying 350,000 a week for Ozil you're talking about 18 million pounds a year it's absolutely ridiculous the amount of money they're paying him and you know flip that around for, you know I said earlier Leroy Sane was on 60 grand a week I'd, I'd be surprised if Rodri's on even 100 grand a week you know so what Messi Ozil is getting paid we're paying 3, 4, 5 players you know wages that equate to what Messi Ozil is on yeah. and he's, just he's not goal. doing for them what Hazard did for Chelsea yeah. he's not even yeah. doing for them what Hazard did for Chelsea is he well guys talking about playing ridiculous money for uh, questionable calibre players let's move on to Manchester's <laughs> uh, latest comedy club <laughs> right, I, oh, yes. I, I, I've got them in sick place uh, that's 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 where they deserve to be quite frankly well, well I, I, I'm um, I'm now asking myself or, or thinking aloud are, are they even going to get sixth place now alright maybe some of that's wishful thinking but you look at um, and the only things in their favour in that respect might be that Wolves will be tied up with Europa League um, and if they progress through that that, that may um, kind of impact their league performance as it often does uh, Leicester if they sell Maguire that, that may hit them a little bit uh, and Wolves and Leicester I think are the two most obvious teams to take a, a sixth spot although um, um, this seems like Watford 
Everton, West Ham potentially in the background. Um, but but yeah, I mean, all this big talk about uh, Ole, those players who don't want to play, they'll be shown the door. Um, no one's been shown the door. Um, They've signed uh, Smalling and Jones up for a new contract. They've signed Smalling and Jones and Matter. I mean, Matter, I think, is one of their better, most creative yeah. players. But but he's hardly um, he's hardly key. Pogba is making noises about not wanting to be there. Lukaku, it looks like Lukaku may be going to Inter if they can agree. Um, which is shampoo. kind of it looked bizarre but when you think actually Lukaku was quite a player at Everton but you look at the weight he seems to have put on at United and, and you do wonder if they're, they're even getting basic fitness right you know the whole structure of the club is wrong um, all right, they signed um, Daniel James who looked a decent player at Swansea in the championship but you know it's a big step up to, to the big league and um, uh, you know Martial, Martial is another one who maybe looks like he doesn't particularly want to be there and... Alexis Sanchez another one <laughs> oh yeah I forgot about him gosh is he still there 22 million a year yeah yeah so uh, you know it's an absolute mess there and, and certainly the form they were showing once uh, Solskjaer was appointed the permanent manager would put them down in the bottom half of the table um, if they repeat that into next season and they've got quite a tough opening as well and um, I, I don't know I mean who's the other young young guy they signed um, oh the fullback Wan Bissaka yeah he's quite uh, good yeah, though good, good signing yeah good yeah. signing but, but they need centre halves you know they, they need yeah. centre back what they need is Rio Ferdinand because the director of football sort them out. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I wrote to Ed Woodward myself, um, pleading for him to uh, to do that. I, but, 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 I mean, you look at United and Arsenal. I didn't really say anything about Arsenal, but you've got two clubs which are in a kind of similar state of American owners who are quite happy to take the money without necessarily wanting to hit that top six spot. And I always said about the Glazers that they weren't bothered about winning the league. They weren't bothered about winning the Champions League, particularly. Um, an FA Cup and a, and a um, Carabao Cup or League Cup would do them. As long as they got top four, they could stay in the Champions League. And it's kind of an indictment, isn't it, of how the Champions League has gone. That it's, it's seemingly more important to get to get a poor fourth place than to win the FA Cup. Um, but, but, I mean, that's the general thing about football. But, but the Glazers now possibly have even given up any idea. Like I say, Stan Kroenke, they've been in the Europa, Arsenal have been in the Europa League now three seasons running. Um, they had £200 million in the bank at the end of 2018 whereas I think we had about £20 million in the bank which would be far more typical for a Premier League club yes and and there's almost a sense that both clubs, the owners, have settled for um, you know mediocrity as long as the money comes rolling in. Well, let's and hope, Colin, let's hope, Colin, that uh, Mr. DT of Arsenal fame and uh, Mark Goldbridge will continue to entertain us uh, during <laughs> uh, the new season. But we've got to, to bring this to, to a close somehow, and I thought I would do it just by asking you guys, what do you think about the kits? Now, I've ordered the away kit, the long-sleeved away kit. Now, that is a beautiful kit. About the other two, I'm sort of less than enthusiastic but uh, what are what are your thoughts guys well I um I, I can give a bit of insight actually because we got um an invitation um to a sneak preview of the opening of the, of the store so it, it opened on the Monday morning and we were invited in on the Friday evening um I, I, looking at it I did wonder how how it was going to be open on Monday morning but but they did it and um so, so we got to actually meet a couple of the puma designers and have a close-up real-life look at the new kit and I must admit that um seeing pictures of them is not the same as seeing them in the flesh. Uh, and generally, they come over much better in the flesh than they do, um, you know, uh, 
graphically. Now, at, at first, I looked at the away kit and was horrified and thought, what a mess. But the more you looked at it and the more you understood the story behind it, because um, the very much, and, and, and someone did say um, Tony Wilson would be, United fan Tony Wilson would be turning in his grave. But there were far more city representation at the Hacienda. So Dave Haslam, um, Rob, um, Gretton, um, Mike Pickering, uh, all big blues. So, so they'd be delighted. Well, uh, um, Dave Gretton, I think, is no longer with us. But yeah, I'm sure someone like Mike Pickering would be delighted at the association. When you see the kid, when you actually look at him, I, I went in there prepared to hate it. And by the end of the evening, I thought it was the most wonderful thing I'd ever seen because it, it's just so far from the Nike template kits. You know, it's a real one-off, distinctive, and I think it will be iconic kit in the future. And the reaction to it I've seen has been almost overwhelmingly positive. The, the home kit is sky blue. And, and a lot of people commented on the a lot of debate about what, what's purple and what's maroon. And, uh, and we had an interesting discussion with the um, Puma guys about this. And, and we talked about the purple. And um, what, what they said was it was kind of a... Whether they're making this up on the hoof or they thought about it very um, deeply. Um, when we took over the land where, where the CFA now is, that was previously a company called Clayton Analyze, which made uh, dyes for the textile industry. And uh, a lot of those dyes were blue and purple or indigo or whatever you want to call it. And, and apparently, when they um, when they knocked the factory down and came to um, um, kind of do the in, initial reclaim work on the land, a lot of the store was purple. Uh, and we do have a sort of purplish tradition or maroon. I guess you'd call it. And it was interesting to compare it to the shirt we wore in the 1956 Cup final, which was a, a kind of a... I don't know what you call it really a, a, a maroony type a brownie maroony type stripe a wide stripe with a, um, a, a smaller white stripe of course in the 60s we had the famous purple purple maroon thing on the, on the sock and one of the other things that also came up while we were talking was um, there was always a story that city city's founders were um, Freemasons and uh, as, as, as a Victorian kind of lower middle class uh, businessman might have been in those that might well have been in those days uh, and sky blue and purple are very much masonic colors so it was quite interesting to talk to the guys to find out some of the rationale behind um the kits but but the funny thing was and i couldn't help laughing at this uh, we were still at the what's what's the front of the store facing the stadium looking at the back of the store where we were upstairs they had all the kids kit uh, ready set out on the rail and i just looked and laughed because it looked like an advert for licorice all sorts that was the away kit by the way you know with the with the with, with the yellows and the blacks and the pinks and the um but i do love that away kit i do absolutely love that away kit and i think that's going to be um in my wardrobe soon now now the third kit um that does look <laughs> well i was just about to do something different i was just about to bring in ray here because ray is nothing if not a collector I'll, of I'll, i'm gonna leave that one to ray well i've got to be honest that third kit is a marmite kit you either love it or you hate it um the funny thing is on all the designs that we've seen i thought the one i'd like i'm i was most likely to buy would be that away kit because because it was black and that kind of slims you down a little bit um, and some of us do need a bit of slimming down from time to time but when I, I've seen them in the flesh I've not seen the, the um, third 
like it in the flesh because it hadn't been released when I went to the city store uh, and tried like, it. looks like flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, I looked at the goalkeeping tops and I really like the goalkeeping tops. Yes, yes. Really good. like goalkeeping tops. But at 70 quid a pop for a long sleeve top, that's it's quite pricey. And I really like the training kit. And I'm more, to be honest, I'm more likely to buy a training kit than goalkeeper top, either of the the, the, uh, the home away or third. Um, I just really have taken to them. And I've, I've been trying to do a fashion shoot because I, I tried a lot of shirts on, got a lot of pictures taken. I'm trying to get a, the time to do a video, put one together of all the different shirts apart from that um, third shirt, th- those kits. I think um, I think overall, it's better than having Nike. I don't think there's any question about that. So at least they started off in a positive way. It's, it's And I think it's only going to argue well for the future. We'll just keep getting hopefully better and better kits, which will be rooted in something uh, of the past. Does Mrs. Ray Mansi fan chat have anything to say about how much money you spend on shirts? No. She's, she complains. She complains that I've got rails and rails of uh, Manchester City shirts and t-shirts and jackets and coats and um, polo shirts and, and anything else you can think of. And my kids and my nephews and nieces are done in, in City Kit. Um, I think all she says now is just get rid of some. You've just got loads. You know, I've got kits that I've had for 20 years that, uh, you know, she's, make, she's sat here making fun of me now um, about some of my kits that are too, too big for me or whatever. And she also complains I've got a lot of uh, French kits as well. So, you know, I've got, as I said, I've probably got two rails um, full of kits. I've got over 60 uh, Man City shirts and, um, and tops and T-shirts and whatever. But uh, I'm sensing giveaway bargains for uh, new subscribers to your to your well, channel. I, there. I actually started giving them away uh, seven, seven or eight years ago. I started giving uh, the retro shirts I had. I give them away. I started with them, um, but I will I will start to yeah. I think I'll start giving some away. Well, guys, I think that we've done a really good stint here. I think we've been on for uh, quite a while, so I think it really is time to to bring this to an end. This has been the first episode of season two of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. We will be with you after every game including including our final uh, against uh, Wolves on Saturday but it, it remains for me just to 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 thank our two guests and we're going to start off by thanking Colin Savage Colin we are very pleased that you're going to be with us this season thank you so much for I, coming on I'm looking forward to it I think it's going to be um, a great season because I always said it would pay, take Pep three seasons to get things right and I think we saw last season that it was starting to come good so I, I'm really looking forward to this season can't wait and we also have been listening to Ray from Man City Fan Chat thank you so much Ray for coming on and uh, if you can spare us some time uh, after every game um, with all of the work that you have to do with your channel we would be very very grateful thank you so much Uh, I've always said it's an honour and a pleasure to work with you two guys Um, you know and and I'm I'm really looking forward for the coming season really looking forward to see how a couple of the kids um, fit in and, and Rodri and Angelina and everything else and yeah as Colin, Colin, as Colin has already said you know it does look, look like it's all coming together and I think it's you know as it Pep said the best is yet to come bloody well hope so <laughs> well thank you very much guys we're pretty much all te- talked out it's now 7.47am here in Seoul South Korea we'll get this edited up and out to you as soon as possible and we will finish of course in the normal way by saying have one on us and up the blues it's finished at Sunderland. Manchester United have done all they can.